Good morning. It's the 18th of May, 2021. It's the My View from the Rim podcast. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I've been pondering over the weekend uh, what I wanted to talk about, and I meant to do this actually Saturday night. Um, I was just too tired Saturday to do it. Uh, Saturday had been a long day, starting with uh, graduation um, in Fort at uh, Fort Hayes State University out in uh, Hayes, Kansas, driving to Independence uh, to sing um, in a choir for the state conference there. That was a wonderful experience, a very wonderful experience. Um, but getting home late and... Uh, after driving all day, it was just it was just too much. So I chose not to do that. Um, Sunday, uh, we had a, a, the a main event for state conference. Uh, they had to hold it indoors, but it was so wonderful to see uh, the chapel and and the cultural hall full of people under the new COVID. Uh, restrictions there was there were no no every other bench there was no masks um it was a wondrous event and to be able to sing as part of that choir was just simply amazing and to hear the messages the message throughout the conference was to expect miracles And if you are looking for miracles and expecting them, you'll find them. They happen all around us. Small miracles, not so small miracles. We heard numerous examples of miracles that impact, had an impact on individuals. Um, I had read an article a week or two ago about how sharing uh, faith-building stories may not be the best thing to do. But in reality, people have to understand how to look for a miracle and to see it. Because in this world today, people will say that miracles do not happen. People will say that, oh, it was just a coincidence. My experience living is that there are few, if any, coincidences. The Lord, um, in his wondrous plan, had established... Um, many times his ability to see the end from the beginning. You know, we have it easy. You know, I think about this, although the more I think about it, the less the less really I, I would use that statement that we have it easy. What I would say is, very simply, the battle for the souls of men, and by men, of course, I mean mankind, has already been fought 
and won by the Lord Jesus Christ. He lived a sinless life. He chose to, to do his Father's will, to take upon himself the sins of the world in a way that we cannot comprehend. He chose to die at the hands of the Romans and the Jews. And with that death, the mortal ministry of Christ ended. But with that death, he became the master of death. He became the victor in the war that has been going on since the beginning of time. Now, that victory is assured, but our participation in that victory is not. Well, it is to some extent. And I'm going to highlight that here in a couple of days in a new, in a new uh, View from the Rim podcast. Uh, but, but suffice to say now is where we land and whom we choose to serve is the only unknown to us at this time. Are we on the winning team? Or do we choose against it? Yes, I know, only Sith deal in absolutes. But remember, in my Father's kingdom, there are many mansions. I'm not quoting it, of course. And then he goes to prepare. He went to prepare ours. All glory is not the same. We are not able to, as mortals, stand in the presence of God without some sort of protection of the Holy Spirit. Many people are going to live their lives in such a way that they will willingly choose um, or unknowingly choose to not live in that light. And that's unfortunate. The only thing that that's, you know, God would rather have all of his children living in his presence. But part of coming to this earth and part of this battle that's been going on with Satan for millennia is we have the ability to choose
whether or not to believe. And I highlighted this a, a couple episodes ago. Choosing to believe. Um, powerful, powerful words. If you choose to believe, you will see all those miracles around you. If you choose to believe and truly come to God with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, a godly sorrow, your sins will be forgiven. Conversion to the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a one-time event. And it requires refreshing. It requires us to live the gospel of Jesus Christ if we want to continue to believe it and to have a testimony of it. Truly, we live in a time of miracles, and miracles have always been a part of the gospel. The manifestation of God's power on earth. Miracles do not violate the laws of science, by the way, but they... use power that is as yet unknown to us, unknown to scientists. But that power only operates so long as we believe. I think I mentioned before in the other podcast, but it's worth mentioning again. It's so important. Where there are no believers, there can be no miracles. And I think that's true on a number of levels. I mean, Christ could not heal this, perform many miracles in Nazareth because no one saw him as the son of God. They saw him as the son of Joseph the carpenter. And so there was no faith. There was no faith to open up the power of heaven. So in many ways, that lack of faith, which we are seeing more and more today, Pew Research, uh, very, very respected, uh, well, on this, on the, on the American experience, I'm not a big fan of Pew's political uh, polling, but their their polling on the American experience is very informative. That, that where you have entered a time now, where fewer people, or more people, are not religious in the United States than people that are, and as more people choose to not believe, 
the ability to perform miracles. will be reduced. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. No belief, no miracles. No miracles, no belief. It goes worse and worse and worse. And I think that we're in a spiral right now, and I'm not sure how deep the spiral is or whether we're actually approaching the end times. Uh, well, we are in the end times, but whether we're approaching an imminent end or not. These are time, very interesting times that we're living in. One, I would like to give a shout-out to a friend of mine. I'm, uh, I'll go ahead. Uh, my friend Colton from Scout Camp. As I was driving out to uh, Hayes, Kansas Friday night, he called me up, uh, spoke on the phone a little bit as he was driving as well. And he mentioned this when we were talking a little bit about religion. And he said, well, we're all, we're all united in Christ, right? And, and, I appreciate hearing that because having grown up as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, I've heard, especially in northern Missouri, you know, I've heard some not positive things. You know, in national media when Mitt Romney was running for president, um, you know, of course we heard about from evangelical uh, super church pastors about how Mormons... Are not Christians and such, although they've changed that mantra. It's pretty hard when a church focuses so much on Jesus Christ to say they're not Christian. And so they use the term that they're not uh, traditional Christians. Um, but they use it as a slur, kind of like using the term Mormon. I don't mind the term Mormon, by the way, uh, um, while I try very hard not to use it because uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the proper name. Um, I understand when other people do. So no, I don't take offense by it. However, many people use it to offend. But to hear my friend say, well, we are united in Christ, that was a different feeling. And the funny thing is, um, on Saturday night, uh, during this past conference, uh, President Cato, who is the ecclesiastical leader over uh, several different uh, smaller ecclesiastical groups. He's a stake president. I think he said that there are 10 units or wards or branches underneath them, each with its own ecclesiastical leader, but he presides over that area. He highlighted a friend of his, Pastor Billy, who that's what he called him, and how much help he was. And he said something that was very telling to me. He said, in 20 years, we won't be talking about denominations of Christianity. Now, whether he has some insight on, on uh, the coming of Jesus Christ, I, I doubt it. But I think his point is well taken that in this world of growing darkness... We need to be reaching out to others who share many doctrinal beliefs. 
I mentioned to Colton uh, on that drive, I said, you know, uh, the Prophet Joseph Smith was asked a question one time. Uh, he was asked, is it true that only Mormons are going to go to heaven? And he said, no. But not only that, a lot of them will not go if they don't repent. And I think that we're seeing times like that now where we have to look past differences and look for common ground. Are there differences? Yes. Do I believe that, that priesthood ordinances administered by those with proper authority called of God are, need to be done for everyone or that everyone needs to participate in those ordinances? Ultimately, yes, I do. But does that mean that somebody who is a strong believer in Jesus Christ today but does not happen to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, does that mean that they're going to hell or that, they're, or that they are somehow less of a person than me? No. It absolutely does not believe it. does not mean that. When Christ comes and the wicked are smitten, there will be millions who remain who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Disclaimer, anything pointed out as doctrine in this is opinion of Philip Lovesey, not, uh, not representing the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That is my personal belief. I strongly believe it. But nonetheless, it is a personal belief. And I believe that, that all of us together will be working for a common good. That we should be working, but why should we wait 20 years when denominations don't matter, as President Cato said? If someone believes in Christ and is trying their best to follow him in this imperfect, fallen world, do we not acknowledge that, yes, we are indeed brothers or, and or sisters in Christ? The conference ended with uh, one of my favorite songs, and it was so powerful. Congregation of, I don't know how many people, hundreds, hundreds. The choir, we also had a bell choir there, and it was magnificent. Did I mention the organ? Because the organ was really loud. Uh, sang the song, The Spirit of God, which is number two in the hymnal for the restored church. It was deafening, and I think I might still hear it rattling around in my eardrums, even now. If I close my eyes, I think I may hear some of those notes still floating around. It was powerful, and a powerful witness 
a miracle in and of itself. That song was sung the way it is meant to be sung. No, I'm not going to sing it here. But I will put a link. Uh, if I go find, I'll go to see if I can find a, a recording. At the very least, I'll put a link to the page and the in the uh, hymnal that you can go and read the lyrics if you like. Very appropriate for the end of the conference. Very powerful. There is no question that the Holy Ghost was testifying that yes, this is a time of miracles and we are a people that seek miracles. Miracles did not die with the ancient church. But as those times darkened, they became few and far between and even lesser noticed. As Christianity spreads to the world, we should look for miracles in these times of trouble that undoubtedly lay ahead. We know that it will. We know that it's going to be bad. We know that Christians will be singled out, that they will be targeted, that they will be ostracized in a way that we don't understand right now. This pandemic was just a, just a glimpse of what they want to do. But we are a people of miracles. And if we have faith in God and we open our eyes with that faith, we will see that miracles abound. That's my view from the rim. Have a wonderful day.